Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. In a notoriously saturated market, new beauty trends need more than just a solid formula to stand out. They need transformative ideas. When Diana Cohen set out to launch Crown Affair, she wanted high quality hair care that was more than just another clean product in a pretty bottle. She wanted to turn hair care into a special moment rooted in ritual. You know, those little practices that make up the in-between timestamps of the day, those personal moments that help you feel calm, centered, and whole. Though Crown Affair is relatively new to the market, it has earned a respectable place disrupting the hair care space thanks to its innovative products and Diana's commitment to the craft of taking care, both in hair care and business practices. I'm so excited to have my good friend Diana on the show today to talk about how she built her business from the foundation of such a personal practice and why that alone is so important to owning a successful business. So with that said, let's welcome Diana. Thank you, Jacqueline. You are the best. That was such a thoughtful intro and I'm honored to be on the pod today, given we've known each other for quite some time and you have seen the crown affair journey from pre-launch to now. So I'm very thrilled to be here. I love it. Well, I want to start with you were skyrocketing in your career before founding the brand. You were at 
companies like Away and Tamara Mellon, like doing all these amazing things, which is how we met. And then I remember you telling me like, I think I'm going to start my own thing. I think I'm going to start my own thing and kind of like the seed of the idea. So can you tell us a little bit about how your career journey pre-Crown Affair set you up for success to where you are today? Well, first and foremost, I've always been obsessed with hair care. Like it was just always my thing. When it comes to skincare and makeup, I'm like pretty minimal, very no makeup makeup. And hair care was like the one category that I loved. Part of it was that growing up, my mom and I like at night, she would like brush my hair. I even remember being like the weirdo kid growing up in South Florida when like everyone would like throw on a bathing suit and jump into the pool, like the chlorinated water. Like I would head over to like a bathroom and like dunk my head under the sink. So like my hair fiber would like be filled with you know, fresh water before chlorine. So I've always really loved hair and had organic conversations, but literally Crown Affair started for, like from conversations like this. I would just talk to friends about their hair because I was genuinely curious. And I do come from a brand and marketing background. And it was the combination of having those conversations with my brain of like thinking about such a clear opportunity in this space and what I thought was missing. So literally sitting with you being like, this is how I take care of my hair. What are you doing right now? And being like, why doesn't this exist? And that was very much the like, aha moment of like, I shouldn't just keep building other people's businesses. I'm now ready to do this on my own. Totally. And I love that. It's interesting. This is kind of a recurring theme on the podcast where it's sort of this obvious thing that you don't realize until it slaps you in the face. Like what's the thing that people always talk to you about? What's the thing that you are passionate about? What's the thing that you kind of keep coming back to? And then that seed becomes an idea and then therefore becomes a business. So you've always had this interest in hair care. So what makes your routine so special? And why was like this ritual so important to the brand when you launched? So I thought I was normal until I started talking to people and they're like, wait, I'm supposed to brush my hair or like, I shouldn't just be using this drugstore shampoo. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that was what I realized that like, not everybody has this knowledge. And it's funny because like, I'm not a hairstylist. I'm not like an expert from that perspective. And I have so much appreciation for hairstylists. I think it is an art and I love getting my hair professionally done, but there are these like 60 to 90 days that you're not at the salon. And it was just so eye-opening. I'm like, wow, nobody knows how to take care of their hair. Like they go to the salon, cut it wet, blow it dry three days later, whatever, a week later you wash it. And you're like, what do I do with this at home? So for me, it was just such an eye-opening moment. I shared a Google doc. I was like, here are the 12 things I recommend from like, physical tools, like a brush or a towel or a silk pillowcase to like things that I've just learned about my hair. The thing about hair is that it's actually really simple. It's a fiber and it requires different levels of moisture where it gets complicated is when you get like really into the science thing. People like, I don't use the word porosity in my daily life. Like I don't talk about pH balances in my daily life. It's super important, but I think that there's a way to humanize it. And to me, that was just such a moment. I was like, I have to just keep educating my friends. And truly, Crown Affair started as a nights and weekends project while I was consulting for other businesses. And I was able to give friends samples, try product. And that was when they were like, whoa, my hair is so much healthier. And I was like, this is my mission. I got to just keep doing this. I love that. So I love that you talk about the fact that you were working on something completely different, like obviously in your daily life, you founded a brand marketing consultancy and you had clients like Harry's, Flamingo, Outdoor Voices, The Wing, which actually landed you on the Forbes 30 under 30 list in 2019. How did these career moves, you know, again, I think the biggest question we get at Crane Cultivate is 
when do I quit and focus on something else? So what was the moment beyond your friend saying like, this is amazing that you were like, I'm going to stop this other thing that's also successful and just go and double down on Crown Affair? When I opened my bank account and I was like, I can't keep doing this for fun. Like if I'm going to do it, I need to raise a little bit of capital and like commit. That was really the moment. Cause there is that in, but for me, it was like, I needed to afford my life and pay my rent and do all these things with my clients. But I just, it was two years in with Levitate and I kept getting asked like, are you going to hire more people? Do you want to build this agency? And I had no desire in my gut to build an agency, like mad respect to everybody who does, but it's just, it's challenging, like constantly getting clients. And I think it depends on what you want to build with your agency. For me, the reason I started Levitate is because I wanted freedom and I wanted to choose who I worked with. So those being my two core pillars, I had no interest in having like a ton of people under me and constantly chasing clients. So there was very much an inflection point of like contracts coming up after two years, starting to see what was happening with Crown Affair. And I was like, I just got to go for it. And I started taking fundraising meetings, but there was like a three to four month period where I would still take like a project here, a client here to kind of float me until we had funding to make my first hire and start placing purchase orders for the, for Crown Affair. Talk to us about the brand development piece of it, because Crown Affair's branding is gorgeous. Like it's so beautiful. It's so thoughtful. And it's like, you own the mint green color now at this point, I feel like (laughs) personally, professionally, like it's so, it's like, I brand associate that. How did you come up with that? Did you find a great team? How did you know Crown Affair was the right name? Like walk us through all of those steps. I love that. It makes me so happy to hear that. Get ready to see Crown Affair green everywhere this year and hopefully for many years to come. Um, So literally Crown Affair, before I had the brand name, I had a Pinterest board that I made six years ago of like just things that I loved, like specifically knowing that I would take those references and maybe one day turn it into something. And there were two specific pieces by um, the artist Ed Ruscha. One was this catalog cover from a Gagosian gallery show that he did back in 2008 called Busted Glass. And it was this like gorgeous mint green, which is now the Crown of Air Green Pantone color, um, as well as this like really funky painting series that he did with oranges. And I just always loved those. I think something in me loves kind of like retro 70s, but still fresh and kind of mixed with like Japanese graphics and lines. Like that is just my personal aesthetic and my team always jokes. I, it's it's developed a little over the years, but like even when you first met me, Jack, like it was Star Wars meets Chanel, like Star Wars fans with like, a, like that is my whole visual literacy as a human. So, so much of that is in Crown Affair. I studied art history in college. For people who nerd out on this stuff, you'll see a ton of references like Constantine Brancusi sculptures in the logo or just like, I don't know. I think art is so powerful and it's such a way to feel an emotion. And from a process perspective, it was me, but then I brought on an incredible artist who was actually our art director at Away named Sho Shibuya. I knew as soon as I raised money that I wanted to hire him. And he was actually, he's an incredible collaborator. He was already working on it with me before I got my first check in the brand. He really believed in the vision. And we, I literally met him at Crosby Street Hotel. was like, here's the vision for the brand. Here's what I want to do. And for months, like we would just go to his studio in Greenpoint and sit there and open up old Shiseido Shiseido books and open up like all these references and be like, what does this feel like? It took us like literally over 500 times until we got the mark, which is such a powerful part of the brand. So 
it definitely took a really long time, but I had a really clear vision and then working with somebody who has the actual skills to execute it, I think is like finding a partner who like knows how to use Adobe, knows how to do all this stuff and translate that vision and really refine it is like the best advice I can give to founders who kind of know who they are. And I think the brand is such a true reflection of you, like knowing how much you love art. And that's been such a part of your personal brand. It's, it's awesome to see that reflected in the product as well. It feels very personal. So let's talk about Crown Affairs line. It includes scrunchies, hair oils, which is my ultimate favorite. Towels, also game changer and combs, shampoo and conditioner recently launched all aimed at transforming the health of your hair. So tell us a little bit about what went into this sourcing, the research to production. Also, if you've never smelled the product, like the scent is unreal. It's, I would wear it as perfume. Tell us a little bit, what were the hardest pieces to kind of put together and what was the most exciting and fun about the process? P.S. Get ready for that. We get that literally request multiple times a week. Um, so my entire approach with hair care is holistic. I think you, with, by the way, care in general, whether it's journaling or nutrition, it's all about these little things that add up to make transformation. So making sure you're using a silk scrunchie in your hair, whether you're working out or just throwing it up in the car or whatever, or, you know, the hair towel, it seems really silly. And when we first were launching the brand, I was like, do we need this? And then I was like, we need this because it's so much better than what's on the market. And it has become one of our best selling products and people buy multiples and it just changes the way your hair dries and how it air dries. Um, and the oil, I'm so glad you love it. It's, I cannot live without it. It is like one of those things that I just, I swear by. So I had a very clear vision when it came to sourcing and product development that I didn't want to work just alone with a contract manufacturer that I wanted to have outside chemists to develop unique product. And same with engineers in terms of developing a brush, developing the towel, what ends up happening a lot, especially with like celebrity lines, or if you see these lines get turned around really quickly is they go to a CM, a contract manufacturer, and they say, here's eight hair oils, pick one, let's throw a fragrance in, let's pick a label, it's good to go. And like, I'm not a celebrity, I don't have a thing to sell unless I really want to sell the thing. So every single product has been like, it is a hero product, and it is a holy grail product. And everything is sourced from unique vendors which definitely adds complexities in the year of supply chain, which I know everyone's experiencing. But, you know, our brushes are handmade in Italy by a family that's been making brushes for over 100 years. Combs are handmade in Switzerland, also a family-run business that makes the most luxury clones around at a portail. Like, I constantly am like, how are we selling these? Like, I'm obsessed with them. And then the oil, we work with chemists in Japan. We source all of our ingredients there. It does come into the States, and then it's blended and filled here. So it is a really robust process. I always say like, it's helpful for me as a brand and marketing person. I have an amazing team who's incredible with supply chain, inventory procurement, operations. Like you gotta, you gotta step up for all the things you can't do. So that was the first thing was finding someone who can really help me develop, take the benchmarks of the luxury products I love and figure out a way to make them cleaner, which is really hard. It takes months with stability testing. I'm like, I'm only going to put stuff into the world that works and it needs to be much better for you than what's been on the shelf. So it's definitely a challenge and Google is going to be your best friend. Like researching on the internet, there's a lot out there. I always say, I'm like, don't just stick within the first four O's of the Google, like go to the 26 out. Like that's where the magic is. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it takes time to figure it out and once you find really good partners, they usually have other partners to recommend too. So if you have like a great component vendor 
or you do find a good contract manufacturer, make them your friends. Uh, people I found are very helpful in this industry. So recommendations are are crucial and key. I want to talk about the launch of your dry shampoo. So for anyone who doesn't know, you know, obviously when you think of dry shampoo, you think of something in the can, it like blasts out, whatever. You went in a completely different direction and created something super unique, which is amazing and beautiful, but also risky. So tell us like the thought process behind launching your dry shampoo and what makes it so different. I cannot use aerosol dry shampoo anymore. I used to use aerosol dry shampoo religiously from like all of the brands that you know and love. Again, there are so many out there to recommend that I was like, nobody in this world needs another aerosol dry shampoo. They're also like terrible for your hair follicles. They like clog up your hair. They're terrible for the environment, which also isn't great. Years ago when I was at, I was working in an office and I used to have like a little baby aerosol dry shampoo and I had to go to an event. Remember when we used to be going to 700 places at once in one day? Totally. <laughs> RIP. I ran out. I was like, I don't know what to do. My hair's super greasy. I grabbed my translucent powder and kabuki brush, which I would use to like touch up my face when it was oily. And I put it all over the targeted areas of my scalp. I went out that night and I have never gotten more compliments on my hair. People were like, your hair looks so voluminous and so beautiful. And I was like, there's got to be something to this because all of the powder-based dry shampoos on the market either leave my hair looking kind of like white or gray, like that residue, or the application is like not mindful at all. It's like you puff it out of a little thing and it goes everywhere. And it's just never been great. We, our chemists came to us actually with uh, Japanese persimmon powder. And I wanted to make a product that didn't have talc in it. We originally were doing like little cans. And it was, it was a whole thing, like a little puff thing. And I was like, I actually think we just go to the experience that I had. Let's just get a kabuki brush. And I swear to you, it is the other day on Vogue, an editor who I don't know randomly was like, this is the best dry shampoo I've ever used. And once you try it, you get it. We have someone on our team who just joined um, who actually used to work it into the gloss. And she was like, I had, I used to have to wash my hair every day. Like she's finer hair that she's convinced that she has to wash it every day. And between using our shampoo and then the dry shampoo, she like doesn't have to wash. She's like, I wash my hair every three days now and it looks better. So I love that. Well, speaking of team, let's talk about that. So as the business has grown, obviously so has your team. So how many team members do you have currently? What are your secrets when it comes to hiring? And how has your definition of leadership changed over time? Hire slow, fire fast is the best advice I can give. We're just under two years old. We'll be two years as a business in a few weeks. And we're nine people full time. So we're not tiny, but we're also not huge. And I think how you grow your team is totally contingent upon how you're growing your business. Um, if you can run a very efficient business, you might never need more than 10 people. But if you're growing and scaling and have like a huge omni-channel approach and you're in all these big box retailers or you need regional team members, like just grow as you need to is my advice. I've worked for a lot of companies that would hire for scale without actually achieving scale. And you kind of wake up a year or two years later and you're like, why do we have 70 people or why do we have 150 people? And it is just impossible to grow things that quickly and not break things in the process. So my intention with Crown Affair has to be has been to be super mindful. The pandemic has also been a catalyst for this. I think everybody, I all speak for myself, we were just kind of on like a go, 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 grow, grow, grow. And then it was like, whoa, there is a different way to do things. So the last two years is very much part of our DNA as a business. We were only three people before COVID happened. So every hire that we've made 
has been remote hire. So like it definitely has changed the way that we built the business. I empathize with friends and people who've had companies, case in point, where it's like you're in an office, you're constantly going together because the communication is really different. So a lot of learnings, hiring, you know, younger people who are just out of school. Our mentorship program has been like a huge kind of feeder for that, which is really exciting. And then hiring more seasoned people who are really competent at working remote, but are super excited to be at this stage of the business. Yeah. So Seedling is Crown Affairs Mentorship Development Program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it is secretly my favorite part of the business, which I I mean, there are a lot of favorite parts, but um, we launched six weeks before COVID and then March happened. And all of a sudden, just lots of inbounds, DMs, people being like, I'm graduating this year. Like, what do I do? Do you have advice? Are you guys taking jobs? You know, anything. And also conversely, women like us being like, how do I give back? You know, I think there were a lot of links going around with donation and how to fiscally give back. But I think there was, a, there was so much uncertainty. And I, I know for me that I just wanted to spend time with people and talk about this. I think community, which I know community is such a buzzword, but like, I do really believe in the power of community and taking time to like, listen and connect with people. So Elaine, who is our president at Crown Affair and I sat down and we're like, how do we scale this? Like as much as I'd love to have one-on-one conversations with everybody reach out, reaching out, I was like, there's a program here. So we put together Seedling. It's an eight week mentorship program. I think the consistency piece is huge. Like at the time there were a lot of like Instagram lives and webinars. And I was like, okay, this is great. But like, how do we show up for each other over a period of time? And people have started new jobs, moved into roommates, like met new friends. We've had over 300 seedlings in the program. We closed out our fourth season this last quarter. We're starting on our fifth one. And I think, I mean, you know this better than anybody, how important it is to bring incredible women together to share stories and build empathy. So it's our baby little version of what you built. And I I think it's the most special part of, of doing this. Like if it all was like, okay, Diana, you got to close up shop tomorrow. I'd be like, well, the legacy of what this is makes me so happy. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a good reflection of the brand. And, you know, when it comes to being in business two years in, what is sort of your biggest accomplishment and what has been the most stressful part of building a business? I'm super proud of how you've built the team culturally, um, which is a weird thing because it's not super external. There are a lot of things I'm proud of externally. Like, having all of our formula products on Violet Gray is like a big one for me because I like pretty much only shopped hair care at Violet Gray um, for the last 10 years. So I just, I still get the chills when I get an email next to like Orbe and Christophe Rabin. I'm like, that's cr-. like, I still am such, I just get really excited. You know, and people just loving the product too. Like that's a really big one. I think all founders have imposter thoughts and I'm now mm. two years in being like, oh wait, people love this. Like this is real, you know, like I'm just yeah. settling with that. And I think one of the biggest challenges, I mean, people always are like, I want to launch a thing. Supply chain is really hard right now. And when it comes to fundraising, launching products, it's like double the time, double the money, which I don't think any, I mean, none of us knew that this would happen. So. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I think the last five episodes we have, every single person brings up supply chain. It's it's a major issue and it's definitely scary, but hopefully there'll be some lessons learned in that in terms of like sustainability and things like that, where we can maybe be a little bit more thoughtful, but terrifying. And yeah, prices have gone up like tenfold. It's It's pretty insane, whether it's just hard goods or talent, to be honest. So it's pretty, pretty insane. So 
on that note, <laughs> um, let's end with some rapid fire sentence finishers. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Okay. The worst career advice I ever received is move fast and break things. Oh, like who wants to do that? I don't want to break anything. No, it's so tech bro. It's like move fast, make mistakes, break things. It's like, there's a different way to build things now. So yes. Agreed. The thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is I would say my husband, I love hanging out with him in the morning, but also my little morning ritual is I do foam rolling and I, while my coffee is, is going. And I listen to this poetry podcast called poetry unbound. And it's like my favorite way to start the day. So I look forward to that. I like want to be you when I grow up. I feel like you have this like gorgeous hair ritual. You're foam rolling. You're leading an amazing team. I'm like, I just got on this podcast straight from personal training. I look like full shit. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Hey, taking care of yourself, moving your body. Like that is magical. So we're trying (laughs) a fellow entrepreneur. I admire is Eric Katz, founder of seed, who is how we originally met. (laughs) Totally. I know. I love it. I love it. Uh, my favorite crown of your product, this is probably tough for you, but your favorite product is? It is truly like picking a child. Not that I know what that's like, but like can't live without the dry shampoo and the renewal mask is amazing. It's been sold out, but it's coming back soon. Oh, I know. I'm so excited to try that one. Well, thank you so much, Diana, for being here. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you and Crown Affair on social? Yes. Uh, social, Instagram, Diana Cohen, Diana with two N's, and then Crown Affair and crownaffair.com. Amazing. Thanks, Diana. Thanks, Jacqueline. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Work Party.